All right, we're back. Tech Tax Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. That's Ellen Buchanan. Hey, Ellen. That's David Lino. Thank you. Uh, this is the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. Yesterday I was in my car. I knew we were going to have Chad Brown on the show, and okay. I was just listening to ESPN National. I think it was Freddie Coleman. And there he was, Chad Brown, breaking it all down to the national audience, and he's joining us here because he'll be on the call this week on the radio broadcast. Chad, welcome to Tech Tags, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. So let, let's talk about the, the magnitude of this game for several reasons, but and maybe what it will mean for the SEC West and what team will be representing uh, the West there in Atlanta. Uh, I think this is a, a huge game for the SEC West. Um, let's not forget two years ago, Alabama came to Texas A&M and got the massive upset. I was on that call for Compass Media as well. A wonderful game to call. I felt even privileged after the game. I had to just thank the audience for participating in such a great broadcast with me. Um, then after that, XAM went out and got the number one recruiting class in the country, and things seemed to be going in such a positive direction for that program. And then somehow after that, things kind of fell apart, but it looks like they're starting to get things back together there now in Aggieland. Chad, I'm not going to ask you because th- that would be unethical to ask you to pick a winner when you're calling the game, but what do you expect to see? Um, in that game tomorrow? It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I had Texas A&M versus Auburn a couple weeks back. And, uh, you know, Auburn was certainly deficient offensively trying to throw the ball. Um, But Texas A&M wasn't exactly lightening up either. And, in fact, uh, when Max Brown came into the – Max Johnson came into the game, things changed a bit for them offensively, uh, particularly there in the second half with Connor Wegman down. So – uh, I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Texas A&M offensively. Uh, I do know that they're going to play a, a tremendous brand of defense. I knew that that their front seven is going to be aggressive and get after Alabama offensively. But as far as the Aggies offense, I'm not quite sure who they are right now. Talking to Chad Brown here on Texas Ags Radio. Chad, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what A&M has to do well against uh, Bama. And you mentioned you know you don't know about the offense, um, but what do they have to do in order to ensure victory? Uh, they've got to keep playing their their brand of, of defense, which has been tremendous for them. Uh, they are one of the better, I said, front sevens in college football um, and in the SEC as well. Uh, their defensive what front seven is limiting their foes to 96 yards a, a rushing a, a game with only one touchdown on the ground. So they're uh, capable against the run. They're more than capable against the pass as well with four sacks a game as well. So. Uh, I know they're going to play a great brand of defense. With Alabama not having a Heisman Trophy winner under center currently, um, their offense has been limited. And we've seen their struggles, not just with various quarterbacks under center, but even when Milrow gets going, uh, they're not quite uh, hitting it at the same efficiency that they used to do when they had uh, Heisman Trophy guys under center. Well, you expressed your mis- uh, misgivings about A&M's offensively, and they're valid. Uh, so, And you just kind of touched on uh, uh, on. Uh, Alabama is uh, is that the primary reason for any apprehension you might have about about Alabama? Is it is it focused on Milrow? Uh, I, I mean, obviously in in football, everything begins and starts with the quarterback. But this uh, Alabama team does not, you know, I think have the same talent level that we're used to seeing from from Alabama. Are they talented? There's no doubt about that. Um, but are they, they the most talented team in the country this year? I don't think so. This defense lags a bit behind some of Nick Saban's best defenses. Uh, the run game 
um, is not as strong as it once was in the past either. So there's a, a notch below what Alabama's uh, standard is, I think, all around the football team. But Nick Saban uh, has always found ways to improve his team as the season's gone along. Uh, I used to play for Bill Belichick, and he and Nick Saban have a very similar philosophy. Uh, every single week you find ways to get better, the little nuances, the details, you find ways to get better. So this Crimson Tide team, which obviously started the season in a rough fashion, um, is now starting to round its way into form. We'll see if they're able to go go back to those standards that we think of for Alabama. Even for, for Jalen Monroe, who had some rough starts this year, now the last two games, 27 of 33. So not a huge passing volume, but the completion percentage of 81 plus percent is pretty good. So uh, they're finding ways to improve even as they, I think, still try to figure things out. Chad, you played the position of linebacker, obviously. So have you been impressed with what you've seen from the A&M linebackers this season, which was a problem last year, by the way? Oh, how could you not? Uh, when guys like uh, Edron Cooper uh, are out there, uh, can run from sideline to sideline, plays physical, physical tacklers as well. Um, there's a lot to be said uh, for this A&M front seven. And that linebacker group, York as well, those two guys are able to uh, uh, patrol the kind of the middle of the field. Uh, again, they're efficient, they're productive, they're they're physical. Um, they have kind of stats in almost every single category, tackles, tackles for losses, sacks, force fumbles, things like that. So you need some playmakers in your defense and – A&M's got two there with Cooper and York. How much of the, uh, you know, you know, stats don't always tell the story. In fact, a lot of times stats are deceiving. But that uh, that issue with Alabama, I think they've given up twenty sacks. A&M has twenty. Um, do, 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 do you buy into that? That that shows that A&M is going to have a perceived advantage when uh, Alabama has to throw. Sacks are one of those tricky ones, um, even for a good pass rush team sacks kind of come in in bunches uh, obviously you tend to get sacks and you know you may get to, if, you, if you're going to get them in bunches you know you may get seven or eight in one game and, and one or two in another mm-hmm. so when you're looking at the overall statistical season st- uh, sacks can be a bit, mis- bit misleading now of course if you're a team that's towards the tops of college football and you're constantly producing pressure that's obviously going to be to your benefit but let's not forget alabama's played a couple different quarterbacks and those guys were working their way through their uh pocket field to be kind um, so this offensive line, when you're blocking for a number of different quarterbacks, when does this guy take off? When does this guy scramble? Which way does he scramble? Does he step up in the pocket? Does he go out of the pocket? So now with Jalen Monroe being established as a starter, I expect him to be more a more efficient pass-blocking team. So uh, I think something can be said for that. Texas A&M can certainly get after the quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think Alabama is as poor in pass protection as that number would indicate. Chad, we just did our pick six, which is where we go through some of the games and, and choose our, our winners. And I looked at LSU-Missouri, and it's hard to imagine LSU having their third loss this early in the season. But that matchup with Missouri, I think, is very scary. Did, when you look at that matchup, I mean, does does LSU have the defense to, to neutralize Missouri? Or maybe Missouri hasn't played anybody yet. Uh, looking at Missouri's schedule, South Dakota, uh, MTSU, Kansas State, Memphis, Vanderbilt. Um, not quite the uh, juggernauts of college football. So uh, I think uh, LSU has an opportunity in, in this game. I, I don't think they'll, they'll have loss number three. Missouri uh, is going to find out what the upper levels of SEC football is like, even though LSU is not having a, a tremendous season this year, uh, based on who they've played. And even the, the one ranked team on their schedule, Kansas State, it was a three-point victory. So I would expect uh, not necessarily LSU to have their way with them, 
but to find a way to get it done against the Missouri Tiger squad that's improving, um, but quite hasn't played anybody to that level of competition just yet. Well, since we're talking about national type games or, or things like that, uh, any thoughts on what you'd expect to uh, happen over in Athens with a big SEC East game going with Kentucky and, uh, and, and Georgia? Uh, Kentucky can run the football. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Georgia has been a, an interesting one all year. And um, when you are the champion and you are trying to maintain that razor's edge of sharpness, it is an impossible task. And it is inevitable that there are going to be letdowns and your players after back-to-back champions and your program overall for Kirby Smart, um, you know, you walk into every game with the expectation that you're going to win. And while you within your own locker room expect to win, it's hard to get up for every single opponent when your overall goal for the season is to win another national champion. So no matter what uh, Kirby Smart uh, is, his pregame speeches are, no matter what the theme of the week is, uh, you know, I'm not sure if they've done anything like we've seen coaches in the past. They literally go out and they bury the, the national championship trophy. In the NFL, they bury the Lombardi trophy. They have some kind of symbolic ceremony to put last year to bed. We've got to focus on this year. When you're the back-to-back national champion, it's inevitable that you're going to have some some letdowns and not be quite as focused. And some of those games this year have, you know, exposed that for Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia is clearly the better team, but I think Kentucky will – Give them a. I got. I have to give them a puncher's chance, but in the end, I think Georgia will stand those punches and find a way to win this ball game. Chad, that was a fun conversation, man. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you, Chad Brown. There uh, on Texas Radio. Appreciate his his conversation.